Welcome to SBC This Week. I'm Brandon Porter. Laura Erlinson is here with me. Laura, Hi, thanks Brandon. for joining me. Hey there. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Good to be here. Yeah. So, um, you know, fall is in the air. Things are cooling down here across middle Tennessee. I love it. I love absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. But still no pumpkin spice latte, no. right? No. No, thank you. Okay. I'll have a just a regular coffee. Thank you. Okay. All right. So, um, it's been a, been a tough week at our house since, um, the baseball season has ended. Mm, yeah. That was a hard one. Yeah. Which it actually has not ended yet, but you know, well, for you though, I mean, did. for your yeah. household, it's it over. Did. That's yeah. right. Yep. So we have moved on to college football in our house full force. <laughs> but your, your Hilltoppers didn't do so good this week either. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. So, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. So you have to explain a little bit. So I'm I'm a graduate of Western Kentucky University and Baptist Press reporter extraordinaire Scott Barkley is a graduate of Jacksonville State University. Yes, and, the Gamecocks. Um, yes. The great the mighty Gamecocks of That's Jacksonville right. State. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're these smaller schools, they play on crazy nights so that they can get picked up by major networks. And sure enough, the Western Kentucky University Hilltoppers took their game to Jacksonville State on Tuesday night, you know, that's when college football goes down now is on Tuesday night. <laughs> Tuesday night. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the toppers lost on the last minute. The toppers who were picked to win the conference lost to Jacksonville state as time expired. And Scott enjoyed it thoroughly. He did. Yeah. Yes, um, yep. Yep. Kept me up past my bedtime, texting me <laughs> to make sure that I was well aware of the defeat. <laughs> so I don't know if George and, and Brad are going to mention that on the gospel and the gridiron this week. You know, it might make it. You never know. It you could be. Know. So we'll have to tune in and see if they add that into their podcast. I'm sure Scott would be delighted to hear them talk he about would. Jacksonville State. Yeah. He would. So, well, the fall also means lots of trustee meetings across the SBC. Mm-hmm. It means that state conventions are meeting, um, local associations are meeting um, all across the country as they prepare for their state convention meetings. And so we're going to talk about a number of those things as the, as the podcast continues here. First, though, we want to thank our presenting sponsor, which is Subsplash. If you're a pastor who wants to engage with your congregation and build connections beyond weekend services, Subsplash can help. Subsplash allows your community to access messages, resources, and even give from one place, helping congregations connect in ways you never could have before. Learn more at subsplash.com forward slash SBC. When you use that link, you'll get a special discount, but you have to use the link. Again, it's subsplash.com forward slash SBC. Well, Laura, as we get to the news this week um, on SBC this week, we have to turn our focus first to Israel and the uh, the, the Middle East and just the continuing tension and um, sorrow uh, there as the situation un- unfolds in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, all eyes were on that hospital this mm-hmm. week in Gaza that where there was an explosion. Of course, there are varying accounts as to what exactly happened and how uh, dire it was and how many casualties there were. Um, but the interesting thing for Southern Baptists and a story that we had in Baptist Press this week was the, the Baptist history of mm-hmm. that hospital. Mm-hmm. It was uh, begun in the late 1800s, but from 1954 until 1981, it was owned and operated by Southern Baptists, wow. that hospital. and. Um, Southern Baptists uh, worked there up through the 1990s mm. and perhaps even later. Wow. Um, we went back through the BP archives and found 
uh, stories about workers there at that hospital. And of course, nowadays, IMB is very, um, as they should be, very tight with um, what they say about where workers are and things of that nature. But we did have a spokesperson tell us that no matter where in the world anyone is, anytime there's a crisis, especially one of this magnitude, mm-hmm. uh, leadership is just in constant contact with people, getting moving them around and getting keeping them safe and out of harm's way. And so um, we can be assured of that. And there are there's a Send Relief uh, update in Baptist Press, a couple of those this week about what Southern Baptists are doing in the wake of the, the ongoing conflict there and perhaps lead up to even a, a full-scale invasion. We're still not exactly sure how that's going to play out. But right as of right now, Send Relief has provided housing for around 400 people. Hmm. They have provided temporary bomb shelters and tents uh, they have provided cots and bedding, mm-hmm. toilets, showers, and even trauma counseling. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we definitely want to continue to pray for um, our brothers and sisters in the Middle East. Um, pray for believers who are, uh, uh, you know, uh, th- that's their home mm-hmm. and um, who were who there and, and living among uh, just the uncertainty and, and the, the trauma and the difficulty there in the Middle East and and pray for believers who are there trying to help and uh, come alongside and and present um, the, the gospel as in the form of that ministry aid and, and opportunities for encouragement and conversations as they serve and uh, point people to, to the hope that they can find in, in Christ. And um, we, we just continue to, to lift them up and to, to think about all those who are affected uh, by this terrible tragedy. Uh, you know, in Sin Relief has had their hands full, as they often do. So not only have they been focused in uh, the Middle East, but they've also been focused in Maui. Um, mm-hmm. So so we don't want to move off of that to remember just the, the devastation that's happened there in, in mm-hmm. the late summer here into the fall. Um, they're in Maui as as folks try to pick up and and move forward the best they can. Yeah, it's been ten weeks since the massive wildfire just basically wiped out the whole town of Lahaina. Hmm. And uh, Scott Barkley wrote a great story in Baptist Press this week, following up with ba- Lahaina Baptist Church. All but two families in this church lost their homes wow. in the wildfires. Uh, and so the church building was actually uh, unharmed, kind mm. of miraculously, but they can't get to it because it was in such a affected area that the yeah. authorities still aren't letting people in. And so they've been meeting at a local park. Yeah, uh, Scott interviewed the pastor of the church there, and just about how they're how they're able to make it right now. How are mm. the where, what are the families doing? How are they finding housing? How are they dealing with getting in and finding their belongings and um, the pastor has to show up two hours early every Sunday morning to try to claim the one and only pavilion in this park so for them to have a place to meet. And so it's pretty, it's just a, a reminder of just, you know, just because a tragedy might be off the front pages, people's lives are still o- overturned. Yeah. And and so j- just in thinking about that for a second, for those of us who take for granted, you know, uh, parking it in our church's parking lot, walking in, the heat's on, the air's on, whatever is appropriate, flip the light switch, that sort of thing. The pastor shows up two hours early on Sunday mornings to try to be the first to claim the pavilion for the church so they can meet there. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. just humbling to, to think about that. And so, um, again, we, we want to keep them um, in our in our uh, just front of mind and, and keep yeah. li- lifting them up in prayer and keep looking for ways to, to help. Um, well, here's the bright spot. Uh, mm-hmm. In addition, of course, to Hawaii, 
yeah. disaster relief, the, the Baptist convention there. Southern Baptists from these state conventions, disaster relief have, have been deployed to help. And that's Arizona, California, yeah. New Mexico, the Pacific Northwest, North Carolina, Texas, and Utah, Idaho. It's fantastic. So that's pretty exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so we're, we're thankful for them coming alongside and, and being a great help there. Well, Laura, let's turn to our seminaries. Uh, we've just got a whole list of seminary reports to share yep, with folks. This is as, the time of year when they mm-hmm. all meet. Yeah. So let's start down in Texas. Let's start at Southwestern. And before we get to their trustee report, uh, I just want to point folks to the the story on Baptist Press, where we learn that former Southwestern President Adam Greenway sent a letter to the seminary this week demanding $5 million and threatening to sue. Um, he claimed disclosures earlier this year of financial records humiliated him and harmed his job prospects. Obviously, the seminary has a bit of a different perspective on that, and you can get those full details in our Baptist Press story. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Trustees also met this week, and President David Dockery celebrated what he says are indicators of what the Lord has been doing. Um, He said one of those was just the unity that displayed on the board, Mm -hmm. that all of the votes they, they took were unanimous. Uh, that there's been enrollment growth, and there appear, appears to be very good morale of, among the students and the faculty. Yeah, it's good. Um, more than $3 million was donated in the last fiscal year, which they were excited about. And so he said, uh, you might remember earlier this year, they received a warning from their accrediting agency. Mm-hmm. And Dockery said that is very serious, and they are taking it very seriously, and they're certainly not where they want to be yet but they are moving in the right direction. So a very encouraging trustee story there from Southwestern. Yeah, fantastic. Um, Also encouraging word from New Orleans, their seminary trustees met. Norris Grubbs, the provost, shared with trustees that he was encouraged by both upward trending enrollment and the faculty's commitment to the local church. And he shared some very specific ways that they are seeing that fleshed out through the, the work that's happening there at the seminary. Trustees heard an optimistic report concerning the institution's academic contribution um, and the activities that are happening in the Office of Spiritual Formation. And so so very encouraged there by the work um, on the, the, the campus in New Orleans and uh, the, the leadership there from Jamie Dew and, and all the great things that, that, are, that are happening on the, the seminary campus there. And Midwestern trustees also met this week, Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, and they celebrated record enrollment for the first time ever. Jason Allen, the president there, said that there are more than 5,000 students enrolled uh, when you combine the seminary and Spurgeon College. Wow. So, that's a lot of students, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they were celebrating that growth, and as well as a newly renovated Spurgeon College Residence Hall. The trustees yeah. were able to see that dedicated and had a a barbecue lunch, from what I understand. It looked pretty good. I saw the pictures. Yeah, sounded like quite a barbecue lunch. Yeah. Pulled out all the stops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Kansas City uh, barbecue is, is pretty legit. It's good stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, we saved, Laura, maybe the most historic for last here. Yes. So, also, Southern Seminary. Mm-hmm. Trustees met in Louisville this week, and they celebrated the 30th anniversary of mm. Al Moeller's inauguration as president. That is pretty uh, substantial. Um, that's is. a that's a pretty long tenure for in any kind of position. But as president of a seminary, I would say that's pretty historic. Yeah, milestone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And so in those 30 years, Southern Seminary has sent out 15,000 graduates. Wow. And the culture on the campus is uh, one of joy and vibrancy. And I think so much of that can be contributed to Moeller and his leadership. Absolutely. And uh, Joshua Powell is the trustee chairman. And he said, Moeller's impact has been inestimable. Inestimable. And I know you told me that you didn't think I could say that word, but I just did. So, ha, <laughs> you ha. did. I in, uh, <laughs> underestimated <laughs> your ability to say inestimable. <laughs> I am inestimable in my ability to pronounce words. That's right. uh, no. So he said his, and not only has he been inestimable as a president of a seminary, but just as a spokesman in the larger Southern Baptist world and really the evangelical world. Yeah. Moeller is um, just become. Um, just a spokesman, uh, a man of stature that uh, everybody listens to. You know, when yeah. he speaks, people want to know what he has to say. Absolutely. And so it was a, a pretty big celebration. Hundreds of people turned out to celebrate yeah. him and his wife, Mary, uh, this week in Louisville. Yeah. Trustees also adopted a resolution. Obviously, that's very appropriate. They ought to do that. Um, just thanking him and his wife, Mary, and and her, her contribution has uh, been significant as well um, over these decades. I see. Uh, I see. Did, did you want me to say inestimable again there? <laughs> I did. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, so grateful for, for the work that, that she has contributed to so many there through the ministry that's happening at, at Southern Seminary. Um, well, some of you may have received something in your inbox this week. Uh, churches received um, a survey from the cooperation group, and we sure hope that you did not hit delete. Um, because that, that's, that's right. something that, that that the cooperation group is hoping you will fill out and send back to them. Yeah, a lot of times if you get an email you weren't expecting, you don't know what it is, and so maybe you wouldn't even open it. But mm-hmm. uh, we would uh, encourage you to pay attention and, and look for this email. The SBC's cooperation group, which we've talked about on the podcast uh, a few times already in the last few months, um, this group now, you'll remember, was formed because messengers adopted a motion at the annual meeting in New Orleans asking to asking uh, a group to study what does it mean for a church to be in friendly cooperation and so this group is sending out a survey lifeway research is conducting the survey uh-huh. they're attempting to send it to every southern baptist church and so that went out uh yesterday uh-huh. a lot of church i've already heard and seen on social media churches have already received it and filled it out and turned it in other churches are asking hey i got this email what does this mean am i supposed to do this it is legit if you get it Please fill it out and and have your voice be heard. If you don't get it, then you can go to Lifeway Research. There's an email address in the Baptist Press story about this that you can send an email to and make sure that they have the the right email address on file so that you can be sure to be counted. Yeah, and so so that that's a good word there, Laura. The the emails were coming out in waves. I guess is that that a way that I can say that? So yeah, maybe so, yeah yeah. So they they didn't just like release. 47,000 emails all at once so that they were doing them in waves. And so that started on uh, Wednesday, October the 18th. I'd say give it, you know, maybe till Friday the 20th or Saturday the 21st. And um, if you haven't received it, then like Laura said, that there is a link in that Baptist Press story uh, where you can email Lifeway and they will send you um, the survey and you can fill that out and get it back to them. So it's it's, uh, based on your SBC ID and um, so make sure to, to know that and have that handy when, when you communicate with them. Uh, also, Laura, we want to talk a little bit about a story that the ERLC brought to us this week. And um, that they, they are standing up for the religious liberty of a homeschool family in East 
Yeah. East Tennessee. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, I was trying to think. Knoxville is east, right? Memphis that is, is right. west. East, east Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. yeah. As a Kentuckian, very <laughs> good. Right. Um, so Baptist Press has actually been covering this family for uh since 2010. I looked it mm. up this morning because I, I I was just thinking, we've been I feel like we've been writing about this for a while. And I went and found the the earliest one I could find was from 2010. Wow. The Romica family from Germany. They were homeschooling their five kids in Germany. In Germany, it is not. Uh, I don't want to say that it's illegal. That might be too strong, but they were subject to very heavy fines for for homeschooling their children there. And it became more than they could even afford. And so they came to the United States 13 years ago and they were granted asylum. Since then, they've had two more children. So now they have seven children and they've added a grandchild. The old, One of the older children has married and had a kid. So, mm-hmm. um, of course, their two younger children were born here and are U.S. citizens. Mm-hmm. But they are still faced with uncertainty about whether they'll be allowed to stay. Uh, It seems like uh, rules are always changing. Different administrations come in and change rules and and regulations. And so they've just always had this this, uh, uncertainty. So the ERLC has been advocating for them for about 10 years and met with the White House even just two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as of this week, they were granted another year-long delay. Uh, to be whether or not they will be deported. At least they have another year. So they're not out of the woods, but at least they've had this reprieve given to them this week. Yeah. But meanwhile, this is interesting. And I don't think I even knew this part of it. The family has been attending First Baptist Church of Morristown, Tennessee for a long time. And the the father of the family, Uwe, is the church pianist there. And he also is the staff accompanist See, I can say inestimable, but I can't say yeah. accompanies <laughs> at uh, Carson Newman University there in East Tennessee, which is one of our Southern Baptist schools there. So, yeah, um, it's just uh, so not only are, is it a religious liberty story, but it's a Southern Baptist story. It is. Absolutely. So, so we're great, grateful for them and the uh, favor that's been shed on them uh, for this next year and hope that continues going forward. Uh, Laura, at BP this week, we've had a prayer guide to be released Uh and and we're working on other resources related to the conflict in the Middle East. Um, send relief course for churches um, that that are wanting to begin compassion ministries. We have a story on that. Lifeway released a study on women's ministry. That that yeah, was interesting. Very thorough, mm-hmm. long yep. story. Very interesting story about women's ministry. Yeah, yep. go check that out. Yep, absolutely. Uh, State of the Bible report on. Uh, folks reading the Bible outside of just the Sunday morning worship service. I thought that had some interesting information in it. And then uh, Sunday, which is October the 22nd, um, is the day of prayer for associational missions on our SBC emphasis calendar. Yeah, a lot of great resources this week in Baptist Press, and there will also be a story. It's not in BP yet. We're recording this on Thursday, the 19th, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but uh, either later today or Friday the 20th, we will have a story up for the Day of Prayer for Associational Missions, so be looking for that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, earlier this week, Laura, we we received an email from um, our good friends in North Carolina, and um, boy, these don't happen every day. So no, we, we had this to make one sure doesn't. to get this in there. Yeah. No, uh, when I was a kid, we lived in a big field, like kind of on a farm. And two different times we had a hot air balloon land in our field. Wow. Uh, just because they were looking for a place to land. And so as a kid, that was really exciting. But this, this is a little different from that. Yeah. This is different. Yeah. Whole nother it's level. Not, it's not a nice, gentle hot air balloon landing. So Sunday morning, just like normal, people are there getting ready for the early service. Volunteers, leaders are there. Mm-hmm. This is 
Oak Island, North Carolina, okay. Beach Road Baptist Church. All right. About eight o'clock in the morning, uh, they hear a loud crash. They wow. assume it's a car wreck. And so the associate pastor uh, immediately calls 911 and gets to the scene and realizes it is not a car wreck. It is a plane crash. Wow. A little small, little single engine plane. Uh, the pilot had just taken off and had engine trouble and was looking for a place to bring it down and brought it down in the road right in front of the church sign. Wow. Yeah. There's a picture at Baptist Press uh, of this plane kind of crumpled up there right in front of the church sign. Mm -hmm. uh, the good news is, though, everybody was fine. Nobody was hurt on the ground. The pilot sustained very minor injuries, but is expected to be totally fine. And so that was a blessing. But, you know, you and I both been working at churches for a long time. And yep. that's a new one for me. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that, that. <laughs> so very, very commendable for the folks and their their quick reaction to that. Yeah. And then, and then you know, by, by the time the second service was over, everything was back to normal. I mean, that's, that's right. Wow. That's yeah, something, like the know? authorities came, they they got it picked up, taken away. They got the, the man received medical care and everybody was just kind of back, back to it. Yeah. I did wonder though, do you think they had to, they maybe changed the worship selections for that morning? Like you think maybe they had to sing I'll fly away. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe he'll, he'll pilot me. Yep. Either something one. like that. Very appropriate. <laughs> Maybe so. You got to get make game time decisions sometimes. Yeah. So that's you right. Call an audible. Yep. 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 That's right. <laughs> well, anyway, we're glad that everyone's okay there. That's the, right. The good folks over in North Carolina responded so quickly and so favorably to that. So um, we want to remind you again of our presenting sponsor, and that is Subsplash. And so you can learn more about how they can help your church at subsplash.com forward slash SBC. All right, Laura, let's land this thing with our history moment. Okay. Well, this is a, was an interesting one this week. Um, we've talked a lot about um, uh, disasters in this, in this uh, episode so far, mm -hmm. both man-made and natural. And uh, one of the biggest natural disasters that I can remember in my lifetime was the earthquake in San Francisco in 1989. Mm -hmm. That was this week. Okay. In 1989. And uh, of course, there's several stories in the Baptist Press archives about what disaster relief workers were doing. And um, of course, dis disaster relief had to look very different because they couldn't even get in. And so there was a lot of, mo mostly there was just pleas for financial support because you can't, you, you can't bring in a shower trailer or a food truck or anything when the roads are impassable. Mm. And so there's some stories about that. But there was a particular Baptist Press story from that week. A pastor in Oakland, Pastor K. David Johnson, uh, was left his uh, work a little bit early that day because the World Series was going on, if you'll remember. Mm -hmm. They're in the same area. Yep. And so he left uh, a little bit early to try to get to this church where he taught seminary extension classes for what was then Golden Gate Seminary. Of course, now it is Gateway Seminary. But So, he taught a seminary extension class at six o'clock. So, he left a little early to get there because he knew there was going to be World Series traffic. Mm -hmm. The fact that he left early kept him from being on, the, on Interstate 880, which mm -hmm. is the one that collapsed. If you remember, it collapsed and, and killed a lot of people. It was tragic. So, he wasn't on the bridge and he made it to his destination in time to teach his his class and 
and was but then ended up getting stranded there because of the earthquake. Yeah. And so his wife and children and his church members, because there's this is before cell phones, and even if there had been, there may not have been any cell towers. There was nobody had electricity, phone lines were all down. Nobody knew whether he he had even survived until 11 a.m. the next day, mm-hmm. and he was able to get in touch with his wife. And so it was just a very powerful story. Um, he said, I realized that for the mercy of God, I could have been on the bridge or the 880 freeway at the very moment of the earthquake. And so, but he, but he just talks about that, that harrowing night where he, that he spent in this other church building with this other pastor, not able to leave. The roads are impassable, not able to call anyone, not able to let his wife know that he was okay. He was, he didn't know if his wife and family were okay because they couldn't communicate with each other. And he said, I'll remember this night for as long as I live. Mm. That's what he said. Wow. Well, I certainly remember that night. Do do you remember Mm -hmm. that? I do. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. I think a lot of people were just watching the World Series and absolutely yeah, have yeah. no idea what is going on. Yeah, yeah. I can still see the image in my head right now. It was uh, during the pregame warmup when um, I think Al Michaels was the commentator and hmm. said, "I think we're having an earthquake." And sure enough, the yeah. cameras start shaking. And yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And it was not a typical little tremor that they experienced there no. all the time. It was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Laura, thanks for that history moment. Definitely something that that um, has made an impact on a lot of people. Uh, state conventions really ramping up like we've talked about. So, Laura, I'm headed out, uh, Lord willing, next week going to Mississippi and then also headed to Utah and Idaho. Um, I know the California convention is happening next week, um, just, just all over the place. And so uh, keep up with those um, at Baptist Press and um, all, all the other things that are going on across the SBC. Yeah. That's right. It's It never stops. There's always plenty to talk about, plenty to write about. And so we appreciate you joining us this week for SBC This Week. And stay tuned at Baptist Press as always. There's something for you to read there. 